Good morning. My name is Gay. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is great to be sharing with you this morning as we continue our Grow series. So we have in the last several weeks been preaching about things that the staff and the preaching team have talked about that really help us grow in our faith and sustain our faith over the whole of our life, over the long haul. So we've been preaching about spiritual practices that have helped us grow in loving God and loving each other. So, so far in the series, we've talked about three things. We've talked about prayer, we've talked about worship, and we've talked about service as some of the ways that help us connect more deeply to God and to each other. So these are practices that help us sustain our faith. So each practice that we have talked about so far um, are things that have really helped me and encouraged me in my faith life for the last 50 years. I'm old, so 50-ish years. So prayer has grown my friendship with God. I've learned how to have conversations with God, to talk to God about what's going on in my life, and that develops friendship and intimacy with God. It grows my relationship for God. And then prayer has also grown my love for other people as I talk to God about what my friends need, what my family needs, what the world might need as I pray for things. And as I pray for you in a large group or a small group setting, that grows my love for you. And then worship, I would say, has been the place in my life where I have experienced God the most powerfully. In musical worship, I get to sing to God and I get to receive from God. And it deepens my love and my awe and my desire for God. And when I'm worshiping, like today in community with you or in a smaller group when I'm worshiping, um, I'm reminded that God has placed me in a community of people and I get to worship with others. And that deepens my love for each one of you. And then service, last week Pete shared about service. For me, I have grown in love for God and others a lot through serving. Really, service is an extension of worship. It's where I'm giving my time and abilities back to God and for everything that God has done for me and given me. And so worship or service, I would say, has been a real place of healing for me as well. When I came to River Heights almost 20 years ago now, um, I, my life was pretty messy. It was broken. I had a lot of shame. I didn't like to look, look you in the eye. But Sue Marsden, one of our founding pastors, the second week I was here, invited me to hand out programs at the door and be a greeter. Now, I don't know if I would have done that for someone whose life was as messy as mine, um, but she knew that it would be healing for me because it required that I lift my head up, not be looking at the ground in my shame. It required that I say hello and put on a smile, even if maybe I didn't feel like it. And that small act of service began to lift me out of my shame. It began to tell me that I could be a useful person again, and it helped me focus on others and get out of my own pretty messy space at that time. So prayer and worship and service have transformed my life, and I believe they can transform yours as well. And today, we're going to talk about another practice, another thing that we can do together that can really help change our lives. So today, we are going to talk about life groups. 
as a way that help us grow in our faith in God and our love for each other. So I am not sharing this message this morning because you're all a bunch of slackers. We have over, because some people are life group junkies, we have people who join multiple life groups, we have what looks like almost 100% of people joining a life group. That doesn't mean every single adult is in one, but many people in our community do this. So you're not slackers. But it's important to talk about because it encourages us, if we've been attending life groups forever, and that's not a big deal, to remember that we can be helpful in creating a space that is loving and welcoming for people who have not yet made that jump into a smaller group. And it's for those of you who maybe are on the fence and not sure you want to join a smaller group. This is a time to listen and hear today maybe some of the benefits that are really good for our lives when we get together with a smaller group of people. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to talk about how life groups help us grow in our faith. So Lord, thank you that you have created us to be people that need each other. And so Lord, thank you for this larger group setting that we get to come to and worship and be in community together. But thank you, Lord, that you've given us a way to get together with a smaller group of people that we can really know each other, love each other, and care for each other in the way that you love and care for us. Thank you, Lord. Meet with us today. Amen. So one of our values at River Heights Vineyard is loving relationships. We believe that loving each other is more important than anything else we do. We don't do it perfectly. I think we do it pretty well, but we're all growing in doing this. I think it's something that in the last 20 years for me, um, the way I have been able to develop relationships that express that kind of love are by joining a life group. So on Sunday morning, when you're sitting here next to someone you may or may not know, it's going to be hard for you to have a deep connection with them. It's going to be hard for you to really get to know them, or it's going to be hard to let yourself be known in this setting. So some of you may hear that last sentence and say, uh-huh, exactly. I just come on Sunday, so I don't have to let people know me, and I don't have to do the work of knowing someone else. And I get that. I have been in places and spaces in my life where getting more um, intimate with people or going deeper with people has not felt like something I wanted to do. So because we are on our last Sunday of registration for life groups, I thought I'd let you know that if that is you, we have a life group you might want to consider joining. So we'll roll that video right now. Are you tired of small groups always getting into your business, trying to get you to share your feelings, discuss your past, confess your sins? Are you just looking for a place to kick it, network, maybe get some free grub? Me too. That's why I created what I believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group. We're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions. You got problems? You deal with that. You're an adult. Life ain't easy. So stop the pity party. We all have our issues. We don't really want to do life together. Frankly, at Shallow Small Group, we try not to do much of anything at all. You'll never hear us use the term, unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. <laughs> You'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. 
Hey dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth? Who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. It wasn't pleasant. There's no pressure here to remember each other's name. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey man, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good. Oh, dude. Captain, what's going on? We know you have a name, and that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? Uh, that's not really the vibe we're going for. We avoid conflict like the plague. And there will never, ever be an awkward silence. That's our guarantee to you. We hate bad theology as much as the next guy, and we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. <laughs> and outreach? This is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. Some people say we're superficial, but hey, the word supers and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? A shallow small group, because when things get too deep, people drown. <laughs> Won't you join us? Uh, who wants to lead that group next semester? Oh, no, oh, just one, Scott. Scott's on. Watch for it in the summer. <laughs> shallow small group. When I came to River Heights uh, years ago, that was pretty much all I wanted. That would have felt comfortable to me. I wanted to avoid the greeters at the door. I wanted to slip into the back row. I, I still slip into the back row, but that's just my space. And then I wanted to ease into that community thing. But I had only been here a couple of weeks when, again, a Marsden, you know, those founding pastors were out to make sure I sort of connected invited me to attend a life group. And that sounded horrible to me. My, I didn't want to tell people what was going on in my life. It wasn't going very well at that time. But I went because I had sort of made a commitment to God and, and to myself that I would do what people encouraged me to do to get better in this place in my life. So I went. And you know what? What I didn't know is that as much as I wanted to isolate what I really needed was other people. And I found people in that group who loved me back into a place of meaningful relationship, and they loved me back into a growing faith in Jesus. And I could have continued to come every week and just you know, sit on the back row, but I, and I could leave without experiencing the kind of community that would really start to do good work in my life. Um, but because I did that, and because I began a foundation of letting other people in, and not like the first night, I did not spill my life the first night at Life Group. It took me a while. But as I built trust, and as I shared, and as I allowed people in, I began to heal and to find freedom in my life. So Life Groups are an awesome way for you to connect to God and to others and grow in loving God and loving others. So why do we have life groups? We live in an increasingly fragmented and disconnected world. Now, it feels like we're a more connected world, right, with technology and social media, but we have fewer and fewer genuine friends because of those things. And it can feel scary and threatening to let somebody into your life, to let them know you. And it can take an investment of our time 
and our emotional capacity to invest in knowing someone else as well. So it's often much easier and convenient to see if you can find a shallow small group, right? Yet, when we take the risk of being authentic, of opening up, of joining in with other people, we can experience God's love, his grace coming through others, and that leads to freedom and transformation. So life groups are really a way for us to engage in community, and it, they help us become more like Jesus in every area of our life. So we have life groups because they are biblical, we see them in scripture, the, the need for community, and they have benefits that help us grow in loving God and loving others. So we see the, in the importance of scripture right away in the beginning of the Bible that community was important to God. God exists in community. We have the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect unity. So it's not surprising that from the very beginning, God created us to be in community as well. Genesis 2.18 says it's not good for humans to be alone. Now this passage you might hear at a wedding, but it really speaks to our fundamental need to connect with others in human community. Now, the interesting thing about this passage in Genesis 2 is that God said this, and God saw that Adam needed a companion of some sort, another human being, before there was any sin and brokenness in the world. This wasn't after there was sin. This was before there was sin. God saw we needed each other. And Adam had complete intimacy with God already, but God saw the need for Adam to have human community too. And so community is so deeply grounded in the very nature of God, and it flows from who God is, and it's part of God's plan for each one of us. And then when Jesus began his ministry, he called 12 disciples to be his primary relational and ministry community. And he chose to love them and teach them and pour himself into relationships with them. And so Jesus really created the first life group. And so the apostles, the disciples, were, were his group. Now, it's Jesus that is at the very center that makes an awesome life group. Getting to know people, letting yourself be known is super important and wonderful, but getting to know people who help us get to know and experience God's love, that's what makes it really great. You're doing it together. Now, the apostles continued Jesus' model and formed a community of believers who loved God and loved each other. And despite incredible persecution and against all odds, this ragtag group of people grew and expanded and multiplied and became what we know as the church and shared the gospel throughout the world. And it changed the world forever. And when we look at the early church in the New Testament, we get a picture of small communities of people who followed Jesus together. So the book of Acts tells this story probably in best, gives us the best picture. So let's read a little bit from, the, from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and see a really great picture of the early church and the components of community. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. 
They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So these believers engaged in life together through teaching, through fellowship, communion, prayer, miracles, radical generosity. We don't require that you sell all your possessions to join a life group at River Heights, but I do think we practice radical generosity when we're in a small group together and know each other's needs. We celebrate together and eat together, and they proclaim the good news together, and they supported each other. So in addition, in the New Testament, there are over 50 what we call one another verses, where we are with each other and helping each other and encouraging each other. And these small groups of people in the scripture were a place where people loved and forgave, where they shared burdens, where they encouraged each other and exhorted each other and prayed for each other. They taught each other. They spoke the truth in love to each other. They confessed sins. They treated each other as precious members of one body. Now, God never intended for us to do and live the Christian life alone. Sometimes it feels more comfortable to do it that way. But how can we apply these one another references from Scripture unless we're in real, intentional, close relationships with each other? When God calls us to love each, love each other, it's not an abstract love. It's like actually really loving each other. It's not superficial, it's not shallow, but it's a deep, face-to-face, life-on-life love. That can be difficult, <clears throat> it can be messy. But in our modern culture, in churches, you might think of life groups, okay, that's just another program, it's another ministry of the church, and technically it is, but it's really important. Because when you look at the New Testament church, you saw this was a way of life, not just a program. It encompassed every area of their lives together, their relationships with each other. They were critical to their pursuit of Jesus for their growth in Christ, for their character development, and their witness to the good news. So we experience that kind of community when we have significant inter, you know, intentional relationships with each other. So relational structures like life groups are an important part of being the church and not just doing church. So it's not coincidental that I am sharing about life groups today on our kickoff Sunday for spring life groups. We want you to join a group. We want you to experience the benefits of being part of a smaller community of people within RHV. So let's look at some of the benefits of being part of the life group. Now, some of you may have attended more small groups in your life than you can count on all your digits. But this is for you, too. As you listen to these benefits, think about how you can make your life group a place that's open and welcoming and uh, for a new person who would walk in that needs to experience these things. Because you know what? Sometimes we get so used to each other and it's part of who we are that a newcomer can almost feel like an intruder. We don't want that. 
We want our groups to be a place where people are welcomed and experience that radical love and radical generosity of God when they walk in the door. So let's look at some of the benefits. First of all, life groups are a place to find encouragement and a place to encourage others. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Now, the Greek verb for the word encourage literally means to come alongside. So life groups are a great place where we can come alongside each other to grow in prayer, in worship, in human interaction, conversation, understanding scripture, serving, and loving each other. All of these ways we join together in a life group to build up and encourage each other and to be built up and be encouraged. And then second, life groups provide a place for us to be used by God to help meet others' needs and a place where we can have our needs met. So every week in your life group, and I say every week, I hope, I think, mostly, people are having the opportunity to share their prayer requests and their needs and receive prayer. And so when you are in a group during that time when someone shares their prayer request or their need, it's you get the joyful opportunity of coming alongside them and helping be part of the solution to what they're going through. That might be through praying for them. It might be through encouraging them. It might be through sharing, you know, a scripture with them. And it might be through meeting a physical need that they have. Maybe they have a car problem. Maybe they have a housing problem. Whatever it might be, you can help be part of that solution. And then you get to share your needs and let others come alongside you and have the joyful opportunity to help meet your needs as well. And then third, life groups are a place to grow in our spiritual gifts and our practices. Life groups are a really great place and a safe space after you've built some relationship and trust in a group to practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Praying, sharing words of encouragement or words of wisdom or prophecy, I have seen so many people learn to pray for others in life groups. I've seen a lot of people learn to pray out loud for the first time in a life group. It's a space where you get to grow and practice and take a risk. You grow in your faith and you take risks that you might not do on your own without some encouragement. And then fourth, life groups are a place where we experience actual transformation. We need each other to help us know the truth about who we are, who God is, and how we live in the truth, how we live in those truths of who we are and who God is. So like Proverbs talks about iron sharpening iron, when we're together in a group, the relationships that we do form uh, become a tool for God to use in our character development. How many of you know that just being with any person, one or more, helps with character development? Because eventually, you're going to run into things that require you to work through a conflict. You're going to have to ask somebody to forgive you for something you say or for getting upset about something. You're going to have the opportunity to care for someone in need. You're going to be able to grow the character that God has for you. 
Personal growth does not happen in isolation. It's the result of interactive relationships. And life groups are God's gift to foster changes in character and spiritual growth. Now, it's in life groups that we can actually get close enough to each other to care, to share, to challenge and support, to confide and confess, to forgive and be forgiven, to laugh and to weep together, and to be accountable to each other, not just by doing each other's taxes, like the video said, but we actually can be accountable to each other, and to really watch over each other with love and care and grow together. And then lastly, life groups are a place where we grow in loving others and loving God, and we grow in being loved. So life groups are where we can learn to grow in loving each other well. A life group is fertile ground to grow love in the same way that it's fertile ground to grow your character. Love grows most when we have to practice it. And when you're in a group with other human beings, you are going to have the opportunity to practice and to benefit from love. Life groups provide us that opportunity to practice loving each other and using all the characteristics of love that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, as he defines love, that love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, love doesn't take up the whole conversation in the life group. Love doesn't talk too much. Love doesn't keep themselves quiet. Love is all of the good things. It's not self-seeking. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Loving God and people is an act of community that transforms us individually and corporately. And that's a wonderful benefit of being in a life group. So intentionally choosing to develop this type, type of community is not always easy. We're going to experience tensions. We're going to experience conflict. We're going to experience emotional fatigue. That's a real thing. And Few worthwhile things that we do are easy. They require something of us. To grow in any area of our life requires practice. It requires prayer. It requires dependence on God. Jesus' disciples would not have become who they were without being in community with Jesus. And we need communities centered around Jesus for us to grow and become who God created us to be. We don't get there alone, friends. Life groups are central to learning how to love God and how to love others and to helping you follow Jesus for the long haul. I'd like to invite the worship team back up. And if you're able, could you stand with me, please? So I have some tips for you this week as you take this message into your week. And the first is read. Read Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, or the whole chapter, and think about how the church in this passage flourished both as a large community and a smaller community, 
And how might being in a life group help you grow and flourish in loving God and loving others? And then take that to God and pray. Pray for God to show you how being part of a life group can help you grow your love for God and your love for others. And ask God, if you haven't signed up for a group, to show you a group that will help you do that this semester. And then your do, as you can probably already imagine, there's two of them. First, if you haven't signed up for a life group, join a life group today. Most of our groups kick off this week. A few start a little later in February, but you can look in your catalog in your program and see all the groups and their start dates. I encourage you, friends, let God meet you and heal you and grow you and love you in community. And then if you've already joined a group, you have a task for the week as well. Plan to be part of making your group a community that experiences and grows in loving God and each other. Start the very best thing you could do starting today if you have signed up for a group start praying for that group pray for the people that are coming pray that you would be open to receiving from God and others that you would get make a new friend that people would feel welcome pray for your group it's the most important thing you can do so I want to invite anyone who's on the prayer team to come up and be ready to pray for folks. So you can come to either side of the auditorium to do that. Um, every week, we love to pray for people. And so one of the things that we get to do as part of a loving community is share each other's burdens. So as soon as some each other's come up here to pray, we can start sharing those. But what I had today in my heart as I prepared this message is that there are some ways that maybe you need God to meet you in order to feel like even being part of a smaller group of people is, is okay and safe and comfortable. Um, I know that for myself, for um, being part of a smaller group, the whole idea of letting somebody really know me or investing in knowing someone felt too hard. It didn't feel safe. And so for all the different reasons that life brings us, you know, I had a good protective core around my heart to, to be comfortable and safe. And so I think the Holy Spirit would like to meet any of you today where that's a difficulty for you and help start to bring healing and um, flesh out the things that might be in your life that keep you from wanting to be part of a group where you might be known. So come and let God meet you in that way or come and get prayer for any need you have, physical, emotional, for a friend or a loved one. We're going to respond to God now through worship and prayer. Those are the most important things we do in our service. So as you worship, would you just open your hearts and open your um, ears to hear what God might say and to receive his love for you and to give you the desire to grow in your love for others. Have a great week.